Welcome back to yet another episode of the College Tribe. I am back again with Wyatt here. Uh, we'll start off with talking about the Natty because we had never really uh, recapped it yet. Uh, I know you were there. I'm sure it was great, uh, especially because you had money on Georgia. It sucked for me because, you know, I got pulled into taking that big spread. But I will say I uh, I know people go to TCU that I don't really like, so I'm happy that they're sad. But it just a bad, bad game overall. Yeah, it um, it was a sweet atmosphere. As you said, I was there. Um, never been to California before, so I, it was like raining and flooding the whole time. So I think the water shortage is just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but um, yeah, cool atmosphere. SoFi was a crazy stadium. Um, no idea the architecture of it, but you think it's a dome, but the the walls are like open. So like it was actually pretty cold. And obviously I was in the nosebleeds, but like there was like a pretty big wind gust in there. Um, so it's like a little mixture of, of inside dome, but then you still get the wind effect. So, um, but yeah, it was cool. Um, great first quarter. Um, believe it or not, uh, the final of the game was 65 to seven, but it was 10 to seven at one point. Um, so it was looking like a game, but yeah, interesting crowd. I'm, I know you're from Texas. I obviously am from the Midwest. Um, Washington DC doesn't really count as the South. Um, so I haven't really experienced these kind of people, but first of all, Georgia fans, ridiculous accents by the way <laughs> um they might be intelligent people but the way they talk it does not come off until as very intelligent but yeah so they're interesting and then tcu you probably know more about tcu than i did the girls wise i mean yes they are pretty but it just looked like knockoff like cowboys like they like there's no way they actually are from a ranch or you know have ever ridden a horse before but um, so that's the impression I got. Maybe you have a different insight on it, but um, yeah, it was a cool game. Um, regardless of the score, I happened to be on the right side. Um, I had the over and um Georgia. Um, so I was happy, but yeah, I really wish Michigan was there. Um, couldn't sell my ticket, so I was forced to go. Um, but yeah, cool event. I can cross it off the bucket list. Yeah, uh, you got it pretty right with TCU there. There, uh, it's a lot of I mean, it's a private school, right? So it's small, it's like literally. Like I said before, I visited their campus when I was looking at schools and stuff. It's only three blocks long. You got the athletic block, the dorms block, and then like the classrooms block. And just a bunch of rich kids who obviously they think they're country, but half of them are from California. (laughs) Half of them are like from Florida. And you get the few kids in there that are from the Dallas area who don't want to leave home. And it's just like, it's a very weird mixture. And yes, they all wear cowboy hats. They all tuck in with their belt buckles because they're like, oh, Texas. And Fort Worth (laughs) is the most country city in Texas because the stockyards. But itself, the people who go to TCU are just a bunch of spoiled rich kid brats who probably do a lot of blow. (laughs) And it just like it. That's yeah, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head with TCU fans. Um, But yeah, after the Natty just wasn't. Will lived up to be, but at least we got good semifinal games. It was kind of switched this year between a good natty and a semifinals games. I guess two games is better than two good games is better than just one. Um, but after that, I guess we'll get straight into our top 10 because that's the most relevant thing after that. Um, number one has to be UGA. I'm, I'm assuming you have that as well. I'm interested to see what you have at number two. I have TCU just because, I mean, they did deserve to get there. They did deserve that game. I think they deserve that number two spot. But I could see some debate of putting like an Ohio State there. Yeah, so ESPN does have TCU at two. Um, I'm honestly going to take Ohio State at two. It pains me as a Michigan fan, but I'm trying to make this list as realistic in my mind as possible. So I'm trying to keep fandom out of it. But 
you know, Ohio State, they did lose in Michigan. Michigan is, uh, you know, they're actually three on my list, so I would say. Michigan's three. Um, while they battled uh, Georgia, probably should have won that game. Honestly, they kind of blew it, um, not even including the kick. They were up by, you know, 14 points with, you know, nine minutes left. They they easily should have won that game. Then they had an opportunity to, to kick a 43-yard field goal to win it. Um, so Georgia, or sorry, Ohio State easily could be the national champion right now. And I think I'm gonna still going to put them up there because if Michigan played Georgia, I would expect a similar outcome of, of the TCU game. So I don't think Michigan could compete like Ohio State did with Georgia, which is the reason I have them at two. I agree with that. But just because, again, I think that TCU did deserve to go to that game. And it, was, like, it wasn't like they didn't have a bad season. Yes, it was a bad game. I also think it's just Georgia is that much better than everyone else at this point, And they deserve to be. That's why I put them at two. And I have Michigan, I have Ohio State at three, then Michigan at four, just because they obviously all that they lost to TCU and then TCU got pummeled. Like it's just there's no other way to really put it with the, my order, I guess. Um, number five, who do you have? So I, I'll put my four in there as well. Yeah, my I, actually, I actually made TCU fall quite a bit down on the yeah. list. So I have Bama at four. Okay. And I have TCU at five. I know that sounds weird. TCU at five. They were in the national championship. I think Michigan was a better team in the TCU Michigan matchup. Michigan has played terribly, you know, two pick sixes, a fumble on the one yard line. Um, I'm not going to blame, you know, TCU for winning that game, but I do think Michigan was a better team. They just didn't perform well. So that's why I have TCU all the way at five. Very controversial there. But <laughs> I mean, honestly, if TCU played Michigan again, I think Michigan wins. If TCU plays Bama, I think Bama wins. If TCU plays Ohio State, I think Ohio State wins. So just based on overall how good you are, I think TCU is the fifth best in the country. Yeah, I, I can see that. I have, I have Tennessee at five. Um, and again, I've been saying this the whole time we've been doing this podcast, Tennessee at five, Alabama at six. I just, I personally cannot put Tennessee above uh, or below Alabama, especially because Milton played a great game and the future of Tennessee is really bright, especially with that five-star they have coming in. It's like Amaliva or whatever it is. His last name is uh, they, they have a bright future. And I honestly do think if they played Alabama again, even without Hendon Hooker, they would still put up a pretty good game. Uh, I don't know about winning, but it would still be close in my opinion. Uh, who do you have at six? Right, at went six. Five. I have Tennessee, and then okay. I go seven as well. Seven. I have Penn State. I also have Penn State at seven. I uh, I still think they're a bunch of frauds, but they did put up a pretty convincing win against Utah, and it's kind of, it's hard to argue with that at that point. Uh, eight. I have Washington after their big win over Texas. Uh, by the way, you're nodding your head. I assume you also have Washington or no? So I have Washington at nine. I okay. took LSU uh, okay. at eight or at, yeah, at eight. Very controversial there as well, because ESPN has LSU, I believe, at 13. Yeah. Um, but LSU, again, really great season. Obviously, a couple bad losses at the end there, but just a dominating win over Purdue in the bowl game. And again, it's kind of like the same thought process as those, you know, Bama, um, Tennessee um, kind of thing. If, if you put... T- um LSU up against TCU I think that's a really good battle I think LSU could possibly win that game yeah and then I have uh, at nine I have uh FSU I'm a little biased there but I think we did deserve to be in the top 10 after below that I had it was close for me at 10 between Tulane and Utah I ended up putting Tulane just because of the win over USC but I couldn't put I didn't like putting Utah above FSU which um or Tulane because I think FSU would beat Tulane in a non-neutral site game i think fsu wins that game i think Tulane's a great team but again when 
Tulane and all those and group of five teams go into power, not power five, uh, New Year's six games. They play it like they're Super Bowl. So it's kind of like, I think it's an added motivation. So if it's not that, I think FSU wins that game against Tulane. Uh, Utah, my logic with Utah is kind of UCF-like. Uh, Utah lost to Florida, FSU beat Florida. But again, that was at the beginning of the season. Utah still a good team. I was really debating that. Like I was close to just saying tie for Tulane and Utah at 10. But I decided to put Utah at 11 and Tulane at 10 just because of that win over USC. Yeah, unfortunately, I left Florida State out. I have them <laughs> at 11, but I put Utah in at 10. Um, I think if their quarterback stays in that entire Rose Bowl, I think it's a different outcome. Um, I still think Penn State was a better team, but you know, Utah obviously not the same team without um without their QB um playing. So um yeah, I think Utah's been there all season. You know, they had a, a bad start against Florida, but then you know, they pretty much ran through the Pac 12. Um you know, a bad loss or a one point loss against USC. And then they clobbered USC in the uh, Pac-12 championship. So I think Utah's um, probably even better than Washington. But I think, you know, the way Washington play at the end of the of the season, um, they deserve to be a spot ahead of them. But yeah, I and just just so everyone knows, USC didn't even make my top 25. They're, <laughs> they're not ranked because those guys suck. So um, I'm still a little iffy on the Pac-12. Uh, I do like Florida State. I think they showed a lot. Um, but I, I'm just going to put Utah a little bit ahead because I think they have more quality wins than Florida State. Yeah, State. I agree with that. Um, and I think you, if you look at the Pac-12 going into next year, by far the best quarterback conference right now. Right. I mean, what you got Caleb Williams, Cam Rising, Bo Nix. Uh, there's a few others in there that I'm blanking on right now. But I mean, who else is? Uh, you got um, Penix. You got Penix. Uh, UCLA's quarterback. Yeah. And, and DJ, uh, DJ is now at Oregon state. Yep. So you got that. It's just a great quarterback conference. A lot of people think they're actually going to challenge the sec for the best conference next year. That's bullshit. You can't tell me <laughs> that, that the sec will never be the best conference, especially with, I mean, LSU is going to be good next year. Alabama is going to be good next year. UGA is going to be good. Tennessee is going to be good. It overall sec is still the best conference, but quarterback wise it's pac 12 by a mile. Um, with that, uh, we will go into some coaching stuff that's been going on. I'll just say Harbaugh first. You already went on the rant last time, but then he came out with the graphics saying he was coming back, and then he still proceeded to interview with the Broncos and then skipped over the AD and just went to the president and said he was coming back. I I did a little bit of research on it. I didn't realize they cut his salary last year. Yeah. So I think that's why he's probably just pissed off and trying to get more money out of Michigan, like saying, hey, man. I could go to the NFL whenever I want, just so you know that. So you probably should pay me more. I assume that's why he's doing it, but it just hurts recruiting so much because it's you don't know if he will ever if he'll be there, if he's gonna leave after every single year. Yeah, I think that's why he was forced into that statement because he didn't even like he didn't tell the AD there's no contract that's signed yet. So really he can do whatever still. But I think that's just a a, a tactic to help um recruiting because obviously you don't want to go to a school with a coach that's uncertain so i think he just put that out there to um you know show recruits you know that's just what they do they lie half the time with recruiting anyways but um i think he's gonna stay um i can't imagine him going to the nfl anymore there are uh, interesting coaching options now um you know arizona's an interesting interesting job but no one wants to be in arizona um, the Panthers are a pretty cool job. Looks like the Broncos are going to take, um, uh, what's his face? Um, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. 
Um, the Texans job, I guess, is open, but I think he wanted to go to the Broncos. He's just the most complete team. Um, but yeah, my thing, I kind of talked on it last show. Um, it's it seems like he's not satisfied with Michigan. Like he I feel like he wants to be remembered as a NFL Super Bowl coach or something like that. Um, so which kind of pisses me off, but I guess if if that's what you believe in and that's what you want to be remembered as, then I guess go for it. But you have a great thing at Michigan. And then yeah, about his contract when his pay was decreased. It was before the uh 2021 season. So it was like the after the COVID year. Yeah. Um, when they had like two wins and three losses and then <laughs> the season canceled. Um, they cut his salary like almost in half. Um, and then after that, you know, he was on a two-year salary, and then he ended up winning two Big Ten titles. So now he's like, Hey, either you pay me 10 million or either, yeah, I'm the most paid or highest paid Big Ten coach, or I'm gonna go to the NFL. So his Contracts gonna be massive. Um, I know Mel Tucker at Michigan State's the the biggest contract right now, which is bullshit. Um, Luke Fickle, I think, has a, a nine point five million at uh, Wisconsin, um, but I think Harbaugh could be ten to eleven million um, when that contract is signed. I mean, you have to. You can't. You can't not pay him. And he's grown the program so much. From, I mean, Michigan's never been bad, but now they're competing, and now you're national title every single year. At least have a shot. Like you have to pay him. You don't have a choice. And also, yeah, the Mel Tucker thing is they overpaid a shitload for him. And if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm sitting back going, I'll go to the NFL if you don't want me. But they're paying this guy over here at Michigan State a lot more. And yeah, I'm doing more, much more than he is. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just it gets those kinds of things get nasty and petty all the time. You see it in the NFL. You even see it in college recruiting now, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, after that, just a few OC hires. Clemson, uh, Dabo finally going out of the program because normally he likes the internal Clemson guys. He doesn't like going outside of that Clemson family. Hires Garrett Riley from TCU uh, to be his new OC. Kind of interesting. Uh, I just think that it's good to see that Dabo is finally starting to change his ways a little bit. But at the same time, Garrett Riley's had one good year. It's not like he's very proven. Yes, TCU was amazing this year. Great offense, but they really like one good year that just doesn't prove it to me that he's going to bring them back to keep winning the ACC and back to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm always critical of signing a coach after, you know, one good season. Um, I understand it, but like um, that's exact bringing back in Mel Tucker. He sucked his first year at Colorado, turned it around for one season, then gets a max contract at Mich- Michigan State. Doesn't make any sense. Similar here. Um, I understand TCU. I believe they're the highest scoring team in the Big 12, um, scoring over 40 points a game. Um, the Big 12 defense was better this year than years of past, but um, Thankfully, the Pac-12 was the worst defense, but the Big 12 still defensively was not great. So 40 points a game isn't impressive, but you have to remember that's also playing against probably the second worst defensive conference in the in the country. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's impressive. But, yes, it's only one year against a, a mediocre opponents, um, even schematically. They they weren't great. You know, Max Duggan made a lot of plays. They had a lot of, you know, things with uh, Russian quarterbacks, which I understand Clemson has. Um, but schematically, I don't think it was anything special. Um, they just outperformed uh, a mediocre defense. But I understand the higher you got to get the hottest guy at the hand. I understand completely what their thought process is. Um, I, I just don't really agree on it. 
Yeah, and then at TCU in response, quickly hired Kendall Bryles, son of Art Bryles. Um, I actually really like him. He used he was the OC at Florida State for one year. Unfortunately, it was under Willie Taggart, so we never really got to see like how good he was here. But he's never had a really bad offense. He just keeps hopping around as the OC. I think the only thing keeping him back from getting a head coaching job is the fact that he has the Bryles last name and with all this shit that happened at Baylor on it. That's my honest opinion. Uh, I think it's just nobody wants that baggage that comes with the Bryles last name. Uh, but I do think he's a solid OC. Obviously, he grew up Big 12 with Baylor and all that kind of stuff. I think he's a great fit. In my opinion, a better fit with TCU than Garrett Riley is for Clemson. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add here. Um, just interested to see what TCU does or if they're going to stay uh, you know, a perennial Big 12 champion or is it just kind of a one-hit wonder? Because in the Big 12, we've kind of seen, besides Oklahoma, we've seen teams bounce around a lot. Like, as you said, Baylor won that in what 2019 and then are yeah. kind of out of the loop since um similar stories with with other teams in there iowa state was really good for two or three seasons now they were one of the worst in the conferences so i'm um, i want them because i like them honestly more than oklahoma i'm not a huge oklahoma fan um so if there is going to be one big 12 team i wouldn't mind if it was tcu and obviously the conferences are going to change um in a couple years with everything going on so it could be short-lived but I am interested to see how TCU bounces back with a new coach and um, a new season. And uh, it's just, and the, the, sorry, I'm stumbling on my words. Uh, the Big 12 is going into their like super conference year. I want to call it that because they're adding four teams and Texas and OU still haven't left. Once Texas and OU leaves, it's kind of wide open for whoever. I don't see any reason why TCU can't take over as that superpower in the Big 12. In my mind, it's probably between TCU and Texas Tech because Texas Tech has been on the rise, especially with the way they ended their season. Um, it, again, like you said, anyone could pop up. Uh, super conference here, but once OU and Texas leaves, that conference is wide open. I don't know who could win it, but TCU does have that shot in my mind. In my mind, one of the best to be that powerhouse. Um, to move off of that, going into recruiting, the biggest stories right now are between uh, Rashada and McLean. We'll start off with Rashada because we have a few things to talk about with McLean and Coach Prime that goes along with it for a better transition. But uh, Rashada signed with Florida, and then I guess the check bounced, and he got out of his uh, letter of intent. He was granted out of that, I believe, either yesterday or sometime this morning. So his recruitment is back open. The rumors were saying $13 million from what I was hearing from like people who know people in recruiting. It wasn't not, it wasn't that huge. Um, there was money, but it was not $13 million. That's just way too high. Um, I don't know any recruit who's getting $13 million from a collective. That just doesn't happen. And what from other stuff I heard was internally – Florida players were kind of getting mad because they're like, this kid is just a freshman. I've been here. Why am I not getting any money or from the collective or anything like that? Uh, so it was just a shit show situation. And now Florida's quarterback situation is even more fucked than it already was. Um, I mean, you have Graham Mertz right now who's projected to be your starter with no real future besides a 2024 quarterback commit. Um, no depth for next season. I mean, you know, the big 10 more than I do. I don't, I think Mertz will get killed in the sec, but Florida is just not looking good in Gainesville. What do you think of Rashada and Florida QB situation? 
Yeah, I'll first start with that NIL deal. Um, when I, I read that this morning, 13 million, I remember Bryce Young, which was, you know, he was a Heisman favorite back when he was a freshman. His was a million dollars. So like if you're going from Bryce Young, the the biggest name in college football, the upcoming name, you know, back in, you know, 2021. And now we have this guy who is not even a five star. He's a four star ranked 75th in the ESPN 300. And he's getting he's promised 13 million. Um, it's it sounded all a little fishy. Then obviously the guy said he couldn't pay for it. Um, I understand that, but it's it's weird in a world we live in now where your um decision on what school you go to is based how much you know a guy from Popeyes is gonna pay you or something like <laughs> that. So that's mind-blowing to me how much we've changed in regards to recruiting. Um, but yeah, I I've heard he's he's interested in Miami. I I do know he um was gonna go there before. Um, he chose Florida. Um, uh, honestly, it sounds like whatever team pays him the most is going to get him. And I understand he's a good quarterback. Uh, he's one of the few pro style quarterbacks available. Um, but again, not even a five star, our team's really gonna try to just get this guy who's obviously just looking for money. Um, yeah, so I don't know where he'll end up. Uh, I honestly don't think it's a good look for him. Florida, probably not a good look either. Um, just because it was a complete shit show in, in the recruiting. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes. As as um regards to Florida's quarterback, Wurtz or whatever his name is, sucked at. <laughs> he was at Wisconsin. Um, very similar to like um uh Iowa's quarterback, uh just pocket passer, slow, not accurate, you know, the and that it maybe will fly like Iowa does okay because their defense is phenomenal. So they just need our quarterback to maybe throw for a hundred yards, which he rarely did. Usually just threw like five picks and that called a day. Um, but I can't see him playing against a, a faster SEC, stronger SEC um conference. So I, I don't think that's a good matchup. And um they will probably desperately need a a if not a, a second string quarterback, but probably a starter. Yeah, that's what when I was looking into it, it and then Garcia entered the portal from Miami right when I was looking into it. I was like, well, this would probably be a good fit. He's younger. Um, again, Florida does have Lagway, I think his name is from the 2024 class, who's ranked third out of the quarterbacks in that class coming in ne- the year 2024. Um, so, I mean, what you're looking at is you really just need some sort of bridge to kind of just get you through next season with a decent record so Billy Napier doesn't get fired and ruin more stuff. And Mertz is not that. Garcia entered the portal, and I was like, well, that's not a bad fit because he's from my, he's not he's from Georgia, but he's coming from Miami, so it's not far. You can keep him in the state or try to. And then he quickly went and, and uh, committed to Mizzou last night. So that's off the table. Um also, as for Rashada, at first he wanted to stay home, uh, like close to home, because he's from Florida. I I want to say Tampa area, but I'm not sure. Uh, but now all of a sudden rumors are coming out about him going out west. Like it's just, again, it's a money grab. It's whoever will pay for him. Uh, I don't think a team like Arizona State has the money to pay for him because they're just not that good and you never hear about them anymore. Uh, but yeah, UF is just fucked and Billy Napier doesn't find something quick. He's going to be gone after this season without a doubt. Yeah. Um, again, to go more into recruiting, uh, Dion signed McLean, flipping him from Miami. Another weird situation where literally everything was ready for him to sign on early signing day. Uh, they literally, even the school had a cake for him made like congratulations for Miami. And he just didn't show up to the signing and his mom tweeted out or something saying, sorry guys, it's not happening. 
Uh, then last week he visited Colorado. Once that visit happened, it was pretty predictable. He was going to end up going there. There was no reason for you to put off your signing when everything was ready like that. If Dion wasn't in your ear and you weren't pretty much set on giving him a chance and going. Um, and now they also have Hunter, Travis Hunter on top of that. So the top two corners from the last two years are at Colorado. And I believe it's probably one of the first two five stars that Colorado's gotten in like 20 years or something like that. Yeah, it's I knew Dion would kind of have this pull. Um, you, you know, that was uh that's one of the big reasons teams wanted him because what he lacks in X's and O's, he does do really well in the in the recruiting and the transfer portal, and especially probably being the best cornerback of all time. Up he's probably on that list. Um at if not the top, he's definitely top five. Um, there's no better place to go to and get mentored by than the greatest to ever play it. So I understand the appeal for these corners to go there and defensive players as well. Um, but yeah, again, you can have all the athletes on your team, but if you can't call a play, if you can't get them in the right spot, they're not worth much. So, um, I'm not saying Dion's an idiot. Cause I do think Dion's a pretty intelligent man. He knows his X's and O's. He obviously was a hall of famer, um, both in college and in the NFL. So, um, he's, I, I just hope he surrounds himself with pretty good play callers and and whatnot because he can get the guys there, but can they compete with the other Pac-12 teams? I don't know. Probably not this year. Um, it might be a, a waiting process, but um, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens because me and you both thought he wasn't prepared yet for a Power Five. Um, it was a pretty quick and fast um, jump, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, great start for Dion, and uh, I'm looking forward to two five stars probably playing at the same time on both ends of the field or both sides of the field. Yeah, and uh, I mean they open up at TCU, I believe, so that'll be an interesting game. Uh, considering we'll see how TCU is coming off that big year with a bunch of changes, and then Colorado supposed to be on the upswing, but who knows? There's been some questionable staff hires from Dion, like Willie Taggart. Um, I'm obviously biased against Willie Taggart, but I just don't. He's been fired in his last two jobs, FSU and FAU. I don't understand why uh, you want someone like that on your staff who like clearly is not that good of a coach and can't doesn't have that winning pedigree. Um, but yeah, I mean, also for Travis Hunter, the way he announced his uh, commitment, he was clearly going to Colorado the whole entire time after he announced it. But to say, oh, once I get to 100,000 subscribers or whatever, I'll announce it. Smart as hell. I mean, like I shit on him, obviously, when he flipped from us, but the exposure he's getting through the prime TV show on prime TV and then all the YouTube subscribers and everything, he might be the smartest college kid in the world. And we just don't know it. I just think he's annoying. So, yeah, Um, it's again, back with the recruiting and the social media and NILs (laughs) like Colorado and coach prime have a lot to offer. And, you know, it's funny that now we have athletes requesting you know subscribers and likes and and shares um in order to go places so i think they were going to see an increase in this the next couple of years i personally hate it but hey whatever you do to get paid um do what you got to do i guess especially as a you know a 20 year old kid um and these guys most likely will make it to the nfl so they don't have much to worry about but there are a lot of college athletes for example tim tebow other things like that who probably wish they lived during this time period because obviously Tim had a you know a short stint in the NFL. He has his TV deals and whatnot. But like a less you know popular guy like that, you know, you have a great college season and you probably don't have a shot at the pros. Like then what are you gonna do? Become an accountant somewhere? So <laughs> it gives these guys an opportunity to I guess make a short living and, and have the ability to make a you know at the uh, some of them uh, millions of dollars, which is unreal. So 
I, I, I don't like it, but I understand where these guys are coming from. And it's just, it's just mind blowing to me that this is what recruiting's turned to. Even a guy like, like you were saying, even a guy like uh, Spencer Rattler, I guess is the first right. one that comes to mind. Like he's probably not going to do anything in the NFL, but he had a TV show in high school and he's still a pretty big name in the college football world, even though he's not that great. So he's making all his bag now and he'll probably be pretty close to set for life and won't have to do anything after college. And again, he's still at SEC school. He gets publicity. And it's just, that's one of those names that comes to mind of like not going to do anything in the NFL, maybe be a backup, but he's probably already going to have enough money to live the rest of his life. Um, to go more into the portal, I just had one thing on it. Lane Kiffin has been a monster this week um, getting, now they already had Jackson Dart was their starter this year. He was kind of disappointing, but he did transfer from USC. He also got Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders in a span of 24 hours. So now you have three competent starters in this QB room. I'm interested to see what he does. Um, I think Sanders is probably your starter off the bat. I think Dart is going to get screwed over being on third string and probably, I mean, I don't know when he's graduating, but he gets completely screwed over unless he's graduating soon and can get out of there. Um, But I just, it's crazy. That's got to be the best QB room in the SEC right now from top to bottom. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me if you're, you know, I know Walker, you know, transfer there before Sanders did, but like, and I think Sanders is going to win the starting job. Like you said, he's, I think going to be a fourth or fifth year now. So he's pretty old. He has a lot of experience. Um, you know, he's had great seasons at Oklahoma State. They got screwed this year with a crappy defense, and Sanders got hurt a little bit. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. He's probably gonna get the starting spot. But what is Dart and Howard gonna do? Because there's no way both those guys stick around. Um, either one's gonna transfer or, you know, as you said, maybe graduate. I don't know, but it's it's a loaded class. It doesn't make any sense. I understand having two of those on the team. But having three of them, now you're in a three-way quarterback battle where there is, in my opinion, one start noticeable starter. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get an early transfer um next season, um, you know, or during camp. I have no idea. But uh yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I guess this is a great uh problem to have if you're Lane Kiffin and yeah. um, you can never have too many compatible or competitive quarterbacks. So um he's fine. As for the players, I don't know what's going through their head right now. Yeah, I mean, so the interesting part with transfer rules, because a lot of people now think there's no rules with it and you can just transfer whenever you want. You still to start right away within your undergrad, you still only get one transfer. After that, it's you still the city year rule is still there. But kids are graduating early these days. Fuck, I just graduated early. So that that's how like uh, JT Daniels is bouncing around so much because as a grad transfer, you get unlimited and then you're eligible right away. So that's why I said Dart um, probably – if I'm Dart, I'm trying to accelerate my classes and graduate right away and get out of Oxford, Mississippi, because you know there's no way you're starting, and right. you're probably praying to be a second string at this point. Um, so after that, I guess my Zoom – I guess the university kicked me off like the main Zoom thing because it's giving me a time limit. So it's saying we have eight minutes left. If we go over that, we'll just start a new meeting. No big deal. Just wanted to give the warning. Um, so – the one funny thing I had to say before I haven't had an idea of say we'll get into kind of a little bit of NFL stuff. Uh, we don't normally do, but Arch Manning losing his ID twice uh, in one week in his first week at Texas is hilarious to me. Now I used to be that kid who always lost my ID, but at one point I figured it out and just kept it in my wallet. How many times did you lose your ID? I don't think I ever lost. 
I'm not a, yeah, I'm not the, there's always that one guy in the friend group that, that loses things like IDs, like credit cards, like their drivers. Like, yeah, that's me. I was never that guy, but it's hilarious that, that, I mean, Arch just kind of seems like that guy, like the laid back guy doesn't really know when his classes are, doesn't know like when an assignment's due. Um, but yeah, it's funny because that's totally how I envisioned him acting. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I were the person picking it up, I wouldn't post it or anything. I'd honestly just keep it. Like if he goes on, if he goes on, like imagine if you found, if you were at North Carolina when Michael Jordan was at North Carolina and you found his student ID, how much would that student ID be worth right now? Like a lot. (laughs) So I'm just, I would keep it. (laughs) Yeah. Let him go get a new one. Keep (laughs) that one. Get it like wrapped in like PSA paper and whatnot. And And he's probably not paying for the new one anyway. So who cares? Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So after that, um, I thought of an idea of, we'll say our top three, because we're in the NFL playoffs. The divisional round is starts tomorrow while we're recording this um say our top three nfl players who are still in the playoffs right now it's a lot longer of a segment name than i planned it on being so the top three players who are still in the playoffs right now while they were in college i'll start off i think the obvious answer for me is cmc easy he was a beast at stanford he did absolutely everything yeah he was you know very very much like Reggie Bush, just a little bit later, just unreal, um, catching the ball, throwing the ball, running the ball. He was one of the greatest college athletes, in my opinion, of all time. Um, luckily for me, I have quite a big list to pick from since <laughs> Michigan is one of the most represented schools in the NFL. But my number one, I believe he was at Michigan in 2006 through 2008. So I was 11 through 13 years of age, <laughs> that prime time of, you know, you're the most invested ever at, at Michigan football. And I didn't realize he's still on the team, but Chad Henney, Michigan quarterback <laughs> is still a third string short starter for the Kansas city chiefs. Um, he was my favorite player growing up. Um, well, besides my car, he was my favorite player growing up. Um, and it's funny that he's still in the league. Oh, for two this year on passing yards and <laughs> passing attempts. So um, solid season for Chad Henney. That's good. That's good. I, I didn't even realize he was still in the NFL. I remember hearing that name, but back a long time ago, um, my second is Debo. He was a beast at South Carolina. Um, he kind of he got drafted kind of late for how much of a beast he was. Remember, I want to say like third round maybe. But and he's still like again. I bet the Niners have the two most athletic guys who I ever watched when they were in college football and CMC and Debo, um, which kind of hurts me to say right now because I'm a Cowboys fan and it makes me worried. But yeah, who's your number two? Yeah, that was a good good one. I didn't even know Debo went to South Carolina until like a couple months ago. So, um, yeah, I obviously didn't watch him in college much. Uh, my number two, also a Michigan man, um, won the Super Bowl by stripping Tom Brady in 2018 <laughs> um, from the Philadelphia Eagles, Brandon Graham um, D. End. Uh, he was a beast in Michigan at same kind of years. He graduated in 2010. So that's right when I was 14 years old, 15 years old. Again, in those years that you remember your team the most. Um, so, yeah, Brandon Graham, number two, hopefully has a, uh, continues his playoff run um, and can win himself another Super Bowl. Yeah, and then my last one, I was going to say Dak, I was going to say CD, but since you're going with all your Michigan guys, I'll go with my one Florida State guy, Xavier Rhodes. He's kind of been under the radar as of late. He used to be really good for, I believe, the Vikings. Um, it's kind of fallen off a little bit. His Madden overall is still an 80, so, like, he's not bad. But um, – yeah. He uh, the Cowboys picked him up right before the playoffs. He's playing a little bit, adds a lot to the secondary. He was a beast in college. He I believe he was on the 2013 championship years a little bit after that on that defense. If you go through that defense, they're all star players in the NFL, or at least at one point were. Uh, yeah. Who do you got last? 
The last player, once again, Michigan man, Frank Clark, DN for the Kansas City Chiefs, was in Michigan in 2015, so right when I was in high school. Um, just a dope guy. He was a beast. Um, he's still a beast. He's the best player on the Chiefs D-line. Um, but yeah, all Michigan guy. I do have a couple honorable mentions for you. Right. Um, a non-Michigan guy, I have Joe Burrow. I absolutely loved Joe at LSU. You can't beat him. Him winning that national championship also right before COVID, so... Um, you know, we didn't really have the, the championship the year after. So like th- that was, you know, he was a, in my book, the national championship or champion for two straight years, that picture of him, the cigar afterwards, if you ever see him enter the stadium, that one video was so sick. Um, I also like Saquon Barkley from Penn state, obviously big 10 guy. He was absolutely, uh, unguardable. Uh, one of the scariest guys to ever play against his thighs were just massive, very similar to uh, a Christian McCaffrey college career. And then finally, my last one will be Brock Purdy for Iowa (laughs) State. Um, My roommate's brother actually was roommates with him in college at Uh Iowa State. So I've met him a couple of times, just a real quality kid. And uh, yeah, I'm rooting for the best of him on the 49ers. There we go. All right. Well, that's all I got for uh, today. I've. You got any last remarks? We got two minutes and 25 seconds left on this. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm excited for the uh, for the NFL playoffs. Uh, we'll get into um, in the next couple of weeks, uh, more recruiting talk. Um, obviously, we'll get into some mock draft stuff. And then there's a couple more coaching spots that will probably open up that we will touch on as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, have a good week, guys. Um, we'll probably end up going every other week at this point just because yeah. there's no season really happening. And it just makes it so we have something to talk about and makes more substance rather than it being a 10, 15 minute show if we did it every week. So, yeah, uh, have a good week, guys. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. Uh, hopefully you win bets and have a good time. Thanks, see you guys.